0: Our first reading is from Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, and beginning to read at verse 15. If you would like to follow along, it's printed in the middle of your bulletin. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy One, as we both hear and read these ancient words, may we hear your word for us this day. Amen. The Holy One, your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of my God any more, or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Holy One replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak That prophet shall die. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
1: Our second reading for this morning is from the Gospel of St. Mark, the first chapter, verses 21 through 28, and again, if you'd like to follow along, you'll find them in the middle of your bulletin insert. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching, and with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Here ends our reading. My niece has been working on a series of collages for an art class that she's taking in Oregon. Each week, the professor gives the students a word to respond to visually, words like Ferocity, Repetite, repetitive, 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 <laughs> repetitive, and subtle tension. As Hannah showed each collage to me, I was surprised. Each one pointed to a world of depth happening within her and her creative aptitude in making that come alive was stunning. Her favorite was subtle tension. Thank goodness I can say it. For her, she explained, subtle tension is when two cars are parked just a little too close to each other. Her collage had a diagonal line dividing two muted worlds of color with shapes approaching, but not touching, that line. She had succeeded in taking an experience that is uncomfortable and transforming it into something that made me want to linger. The tension had become peaceful enough, without being completely smoothed over, so that I wanted to live there and explore. The idea of the word of God awakened varying experiences in our ancient counterparts. It was held in common that the word of God was very powerful and that those entrusted with it would be wise to take heed. When a prophet of Yahweh spoke in the name of God, it was as if the presence of God was in the very words themselves. They were filled with authority, divine power. And they were performative. They could make things happen. Sometimes this power was imagined to be liberating. It was through the presence of God that peace and well-being would be known. However, the presence of God was also imagined as something very dangerous, able to cause destruction and death. Was the word of God, or the day of the Lord, another phrase sprinkled throughout ancient scripture, something to look forward to, or something to fear? This tension is never fully resolved, and its remnants are present in our readings from this morning. In Deuteronomy, we heard Jonah read of what the people said, If I hear the voice of my God any more, or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Holy One replied, They are right in what they have said. And in Mark, the man with the unclean spirit speaks, some say, for a legion of other unclean spirits. Others say the unclean spirit was speaking for the crowd of people. When he said, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Of course, this all becomes confusing. Does God want to destroy us? I thought God was meant to protect us. Who should be afraid? certainly only those who are intent on doing wrong something contrary to the reign of god what message are we to receive in the destruction that we witnessed including in the muting of a truth-telling voice it must have been done in the name of justice or perhaps These were just narratives meant to underline the authority, the power, of God. And so the attempts at managing our confusion continued, unable to eliminate all tension. When I'm not trying to save God by smoothing things out, I can easily return to a familiar stance of dismissal toward the ancient communities revealing these tensions. What an old, tired view of God. What an old, tired, underlying question about why bad things happen. That's how my dismissal usually goes. But Hannah and her subtle tension has been helping me to slow down and see whether I can find respect for our ancient communities and acknowledge that they were not simple. Worlds of depth were happening within the people then, too. In the telling of their own story, they revealed to us that they were frequently experiencing destruction and threat of annihilation. That was their lived experience. They also tell of a hard-fought-for hope. That's worth lingering. Several years ago, a green painting hung above my kitchen table. It was about one and a half feet wide by four feet long oriented as a landscape. There was an overlay of what appeared to be a soothing mist in the foreground and the feeling of the snap of a thundercloud in the back. The tension was never quite resolved, but it was peaceful enough that I could live there for a while and listen to what it had to say. It was birthed out of a time that had been mixed with destruction and hope. For a while, when I first started painting it, all I could see was hurt. Like a gangrene, it had become an unwanted memory of an attack on my well-being. I kept turning it and turning it, trying to find a new point of entry that would suddenly show me a way through. But the more I worked on it, the muddier it became. So I took it off my easel and I covered it with another blank canvas until I could breathe again at that white space. Sometime later, I decided to return to it once more in an attempt to reclaim it for myself. And I began to find moments of beauty within the painting and then moments that I could expand. As I continued to add color, breathe in the calm of the mist, and feel still the depth of the thunderclap, remnants of that gang green. the phrase, the day of the Lord, kept turning in my ear. The day of the Lord and the word of God were introduced to me in an academic setting at about the same time when studying the Prophets. Trying to pin down the meaning behind these phrases was like encountering a wall of ambiguity. There was no way around it. The possibilities of being saved or destroyed, of promise or doom, hope or devastation remained. And the ancients just kept using them. It became a seminarian's joke. Each time the Day of the Lord was said aloud, it was done with a sarcastic wink and a nod. The Day of the Lord. Until the green painting arrived. And suddenly, holding the two threads of meaning together opened a new world of of depth. It wasn't ancient naivete the day of the Lord, the word of God, hope and destruction, hope and devastation were sometimes not able to be held separate. There could be power in acknowledging that reality in being able to look at it in the eye and spend time with it, to let it become attention that was peaceful enough to honor. In the telling of their own story, the ancients reveal to us that they were frequently experiencing destruction and threat of death. They also tell of a hard fought for hope. That's worth lingering.